Hello, and welcome to episode 239 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Dan Price, creator of Bigfoot Knows Karate, coming to Kickstarter August 13th, 2021. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. Dan, thanks so much for, for joining us and, uh, you know, talking about this book. But before we get started, can we get a, a quick bio about yourself and a elevator pitch for this book? Absolutely. Um, well, my name is Dan Price. I've been doing uh, indie comics since about 2007. I got uh, started with my first creator-owned project, Latex Avenger. He had a sidekick named Spermicidal Foam Lad, and together they repelled crime 99.9% of the time. Uh <laughs> The uh, I moved on to another project called Masters of the Obvious with a gentleman named Bonadami. Uh, we did uh, we did that for a company called Hound Comics. Uh, that led to a project for the Stanley Foundation called Excelsius: The Uphill Adventures of a Boy Named Stanley, where Bon and I uh, kind of supposed Stanley as a little kid in a neighborhood having to deal with the with the neighborhood bully and figure out a superhero to save the day type thing. Uh, since then, I took some, a break from comics for a while and then came back and did some work for Hall Halloween Man Comics for uh, Drew Edwards and uh, just a few other little projects here and there. Uh, I met Casey through the Comic Jam, which is a uh, an online um, an online workshop for uh, artists and writers who are uh, just trying to get their feet wet in comics and uh, try some really experimental stuff. So which leads us to here today at Bigfoot Knows Karate. Um, I came up with this project in January. Well, no, I came up with the project years ago, um, back in like 2018, 2017 is when I was really starting to kind of draw it. But then I decided I, I never really did anything with it. And I really got crazy with it uh, in January. Um, and the project really is, it's uh, think about it like a Bigfoot. Uh, it's a Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill. That's in a one-line statement. Like if I had to do a this meets that, that's how to explain it. It's about a gentle cryptid warrior who is put up in a world where anyone can be the hunter and anyone can be the prey at any given time. He goes into battle with a character named uh, Kung Fu Thulu. So we do actually <laughs> have uh, Bigfoot versus Cthulhu in the story. And a uh, lot of, uh, it's action adventure. It's a psychological thriller and uh really gnarly twist at the end and i'm really excited to bring this to the table and it comes out october 13th on kickstarter so really stoked very cool so like the the elevator pitch that you gave us was was awesome it was like you know three things that i really like put together um but like one of the you know the first questions i had was about the the idea for this was this one of those things where you're like let's just you know take you know, this one thing and this other wacky thing and like put them together? Or was it was it something like, you know, deeper than that, where you're like, you know, I'd really like to explore this. And this is the way I can do it. Like, what was what was the sort of the spark of the idea here? Funny name. I mean, that was really the hook. I love I love great names. Uh, I love characters with great names, whether it's a spermicidal foam lad or Dr. Biclops. He's got two eyes or, you know, Manibus, the kaiju pot monster. I love crazy named characters uh, that really kind of just get to the point of who they are. And uh, when I originally came up with the idea, oh, so many years ago, 
Uh, it was a comedy. It was a comedy about a Bigfoot who went through the usual tropes of a, of a Kung Fu movie where, you know, he gets injured, he gets found by the master, he gets trained up, you know, uh, you know, maybe the master gets uh, hurt or injured, uh, you know, killed or something like that. And then he has to take his revenge. Uh, but he ended up, you know, like going to a suburban mall and you know and working at a corn dog and a stick and doing junior college and he had a girlfriend who was 11 months pregnant who was kind of ruining his life it was a terrible situation and a, i don't know it was a really odd story and I shelved that once i started really drawing it like coming up with a, a visual for the story that wasn't so cartoony the story ended up taking form from there um Listen, I work in advertising and marketing. I'm a creative director for a day job. I love a hook. And I think that this is, yeah, if you had to do, you know, we got karate, we got a Bigfoot, let's just smush those together like a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You know, something about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, people love those. Uh, so if you've got two great tastes that go great together, I, you know, like a Bigfoot and karate, I, it just felt like a natural to me. Uh, it wasn't typical superhero fare. And um, people like something that is a little off the wall. So let's let's give it a shot and see. But it, it doesn't seem too off the wall. It seems like marketable off the wall is the way I like to think of it. You know, I've done more off the wall than this, you know. So this is this is just a different world, you know, from the uh, from the comedy comics I've done in the past. Nice. So uh, I guess maybe my, my next question would be about the, the connection with Casey. You mentioned that this was fostered through through Comics Jam. And I'm, I'm familiar with that a little bit. Um, okay. Is that basically like to make like really short pay, uh, comics together, almost even like one page comics where you mm -hmm. sort of you get like a prompt and you, you, you uh, I think maybe you have like a short time to turn it around. Could you explain a little bit more about the comics jam? And then yeah. I guess from that, like sort of the 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 inclusion of of Casey into this project. Well, Casey actually uh, pretty much runs the Comic Jam. Uh, okay. If y'all are curious about that, it's uh, thecomicjam.net uh, or .com. Uh, it's, uh, but what it is is so, yeah, they, the, the writers come up with a theme. Uh, they, they vote on a theme, and based on that theme, they have one week to write a one-page story, no more than six panels. Uh, they have one week to write that story. The scripts are then put into like a, you know, a randomizer or drawing or something like that, and then randomly given to the artists. So you don't know who you're going to be working with, uh, you, whether you guys get along or you don't, it's one page, you know, everybody can do one page. And so the artist gets one, uh, gets a month to draw the page. And um, I just kind of happened upon it. And I was really really blown away by the kind of the experimental freedom of the whole thing um you know when you're working on a title like i did latex avenger for about eight issues seven issues i did uh masters of the obvious for about a year and a half uh, as a web comic i mean when you get locked into something for a while you put up certain parameters so when i was kind of dipping my toe back into comics i found the comic jam to be almost therapeutic uh, i did start with something about space sharks which i i just loved that concept uh we did and then casey and i got put together on a steve ditko tribute uh piece when ditko passed away we did this uh ditko piece together and we just clicked i mean we just clicked from the day from the word go and you know, while we only got to work on a couple things for the jam, we just became friends. So when it became time to uh, to work on this book, and I mean, 
like I said, I did comedies, one shot comedy comics. Each issue was just a finite story and that was it. I wanted to do something big in scope. I mean, cinematic in scope and with a five issue arc to boot. And so I couldn't, I, I had kind of a Bible for what I was going into with. I had a pretty good idea of where the story was going. I mean, it's the way Casey tells uh, tells it, I pretty much had the script in place, but I don't think that's the case. I just think he's nice on podcasts. Um, but uh, I came to with, with a lot and, and, but what Casey did was help break it down for me, uh, you know, and uh, pace the story out a little bit better. And, you know, we're working on the dialogue. Casey was the one who came up with the name Kung Fu Thulu. Uh, so there's a lot of Casey in this story. And I, as over the next five issues, I think we'll see more of Casey's work. I just happened to come with a lot for the first issue, but I think he's a brilliant writer. He's a good friend. Um, I've never met him. He lives in Alabama. I live in Austin. Um, but we, we just, we just hit it off. I mean, so, uh, it's been a pleasure working with him. Awesome. And so I guess, uh, when did you realize that you were going to be sort of like a writer and an artist for your books? Was there sort of like a choice along the way where you were like, Hey, I, I, am the best person who knows what's going on inside my head. And that's sort of why I want to draw these myself. Yeah. I mean, I almost think of it like I, I'm a better idea man than I am a than I am an artist, you know. But what I'm what I'm good at, I'm competent enough artist where I can get the ball rolling. So like with Latex Avenger, I drew the first three issues myself, and I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong, but when when I met Bond at a 24 hour comic day, uh, he and I hit it off so well. And, uh, and I said to him, Hey, you want to do something together? And he said, nah, I got my own ideas for some stuff I want to do. Like, so, well, here's my business card. Give me a call. If you're going to, you know, get together, grab a beer or something like three days later, Bond calls me. He's like, Hey, you want to work on that latex Avenger project together? I said, sure. So we did, uh, we did a few issues of that together and it was a pleasure. Bond Adami was a, uh, was a really great guy. He passed away a couple of years ago, but he was, a like a little brother to me. And uh, we worked on masters together. And by that point I had transitioned completely to just writing. Um, I think the reason that I like to write my own stuff is frankly, I'm a bit of a control freak. Um, I mean, anybody who's worked with me might, you know, I think they would probably at least have thought that if not said it out loud. Um, and, uh, but I really like, I really like to get my hands dirty it's a pleasure to be drawing a comic book again. I mean, I spent so many years as a writer to be able to draw a creator own comic and just establish a world and establish a tone. I mean, that's even more important to me than the world that Bigfoot knows karate lives in the tone of it, the, the style of it, the, the way the world is presented. It means so much more because whether I keep drawing the book or, you know, we pick up an artist along the way, I've set the tone for what's going to happen next. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can get an artist who doesn't like just emulate it, but brings that to their own style. Um, uh, does that really answer your question? Cause I really went off in some strange tangents. I feel no, no, that, that does answer my question because I, I totally get being an idea man more than, like you said, than, than being an artist, but that, that's sort of cool that like, you, you know, that about yourself and that's how you create. So uh, I like that. That that's a really cool insight. Well, I mean, I, look, you know your strengths, right? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm 
I'm a competent artist. I'm not, I, I, that's how I see myself. I mean, I've worked, like I said, I've worked as a graphic designer, uh, you know, as, I work as a creative director now, but I mean, I've worked as a graphic designer my whole career. And, um, and I know, I, look, talent will only get you so far. Work ethic will finish the job. That's what wins mm -hmm. the race. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that's the thing. I'll outwork you. You know what I mean? Like maybe not you specifically, but you and, you know, in the, in the general, I will outwork you. Um, I, I, I thrive on this stuff. I thrive on, uh, I mean, I am a workaholic and so I'll push myself as hard as I can to get this project where it needs to be and off the ground. I mean, I can't say enough for all the support I've had around me, whether it's my wife, my kids, you know, people on Instagram, Casey, you know, hell, even my mom's been excited about this project and my mom ain't been excited about it. What's your, what's the language situation around here? Can I say the, can I say any cuss words? Yeah. You, okay. you're, you're free to, you're free to use yeah. any language that you want. My mom usually doesn't give a shit about my comics that I've worked on over the years. All right. You know, this is the first one she's like, oh my God. You know, I think a lot of that has to do with like the fan support we've gotten on it, though. Uh, I post fan art from uh, onto my Facebook, which is like kind of where, where all my personal stuff goes. Um, and I'll, but we've received over 50 pieces of fan art on Bigfoot Nose Karate. And that's before the books even launched. I mean, the support for this, I'm so grateful. Like, you have no idea. I'm usually, I'm used to people like either hating my shit or just roll, or hating my characters or just rolling their eyes at them, you know. But that's what happens when you give away condoms with your URL on them at a comic book convention. So <laughs> some people don't really jive with that stuff. Um, so I don't know. It's, but, uh, but the support has been incredible. It really has. Very interesting. So, like, if I could, take us back a little bit and just for, sure. sort of figure out like the the artistic background you, you know you mentioned that you have this this background in, in graphic design and now you're working as a creative director i'm assuming you have um either a lifelong you know fandom of comics or you know like some of us you you know you were into comics when you were little and you sort of drifted away and then you came back. Like, what is your, what is your art background? Um, as far as like, are you, are you self-taught? Did you go, did you go anywhere for school for, for formal training? And can you just fill us in a little bit sure. about that? Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, I'm, I'm 45, just to put it in perspective, I graduated high school in 1994. Uh, so, uh, but I did, um, I started drawing, I mean, as a, as a, as a pup, I mean, seriously, as Superman movie with Christopher Reeves, uh, there was a, uh, a Walt Disney movie called Condor Man, those two movies, you know, and that was about superhero guy who was a comic book artist who wanted to do everything his character could do in real life. That's what he wanted. And that was kind of the story behind it and CIA stuff. And those two movies really got me excited about the genre before I ever got into actual comic books. Um, but I'm talking about three, four or five years old. Mm -hmm. And I started drawing then. And then I, I remember even being like third, second grade, third grade, getting invited to the uh, University of Houston, um, you know, you know, kids program uh, for art and doing art. I mean, at the age of like seven, eight years old, studying at a university and doing this stuff. And I did, you know, a lot of little competitions and stuff throughout the school. I, I kind of just knew where I was going to go with life. Uh, it was going to be this route. So when I, when I got to college, you know, my folks were like, well, don't do the studio art program, do graphic design. At least you can make some bucks along the way, hopefully. 
so I did. And, uh, but I really did get frustrated with it. I was an arrogant kid and I really did get frustrated with the art department. And I ended up changing my major to English with an emphasis on creative writing. So I, that's what I graduated with, with a minor in studio art, because I did enough hours to merit that. And um, I kind of bumbled around for a few years, uh, you know, bartending, goofing off, just, just having fun. And um, I did that for a while, but then I started up a I started up a humorous Jewish greeting card company. I'm Jewish. Uh, you know, you can you can never find a funny Jewish greeting card that, you know, Jewish greeting cards are always so boring. Uh, you know, Lashana Tova, Happy Hanukkah, you know, there's not much to it. And so I really wanted to do something that had a little bit of bite. And my myself, my sister, and my brother-in-law started up a, a little greeting card company. And I illustrated the characters on the greeting card line were my grandparents. And I illustrated this greeting card line, like 30, 40 cards. And we took it to different conventions and shows. And we went to New York with it at the Javits Center, all sorts of stuff. It was great. It was fun. But it was really where I learned work ethic. Um, that's when I really learned work ethic and, and really being committed to a project and wanting to see it all the way through. While the company wasn't successful, um, I did get a lot of intellectual property out of it and was able to transfer those characters over to Latex Avenger. Um, you know, and I drew that. I mean, it, it, looking at the artwork then, looking at the artwork now, I mean, I was drawing traditional versus digital now. Um, and where I'm at as an artist today, I mean, this is, you know, I mean, this is 15 plus, almost, you know, almost 20 years of of, illust of Adobe software and illustration and logo design and all that stuff. And so when I made the when I made the conversion from Illa from uh, from digital or from traditional to digital work, I really tried to bring my graphic design mindset with me. And I think that has helped shape this book in a different way than I ever would have thought about it. It's just trying to say, I'm a comic book artist. I mean, yeah, I am, but like, I'm not, I mean, I really try and look at it from a different aesthetic and uh, bring something different to the table. I work in Adobe Illustrator. That's how I draw on my pages. I do most of the coloring in there too. I take the rest of it to Photoshop. Uh, something that's different about me is I don't draw with a stylus. I draw with my fingertip and I draw with a mouse um that's hmm. yeah so um i work on an hp nv laptop and it's a touch screen and it's it's just a beautiful computer to work with um i i find that like, like handshakes and stuff don't notice so much when you're working with your finger rather than with a stylus and so it's just a smooth it's kind of a smooth glide you know and so if you ever are on instagram i'm danomite 139 on instagram uh, if you're ever on Instagram, uh, I live stream on there a lot. And so you can see me working that way. Um, it's just where I'm comfortable. That's fascinating. And like, uh, I guess, have you used other types of like tools digitally? Like, have you used Wacom tablets and, and things like yep. that? Like, yeah, this is sort yep. of where you ended up being. This is where my comfort zone was, you know, I mean, um, I love Illustrator. I'm an Adobe Illustrator junkie. Um, I, I love working in vector art. I, uh, just the fact that you can put it at the head of a pin or the size of a building and it doesn't really matter. Or you'll never lose clarity. There's something very freeing about that. And, um, the, the editability of illustrator, I mean, just being able to like move your points around rather than having to erase, you know, and you can shape things differently. I draw in a very haphazard style for Bigfoot nose karate. It's very loose. Um, but that's not, 
that's not not from design that's by design the whole thing's by design you know what i'm saying and uh some of that is very meticulous but i want to make sure it feels loose mo you know full of motion action-packed um just because i'm always trying to combat stiff characters so, you know and stiff work that's really a big deal for me that i the word that the characters don't look stiff next time i'll start worrying about how to move the camera a little bit more instead of this face forward all the time that's a that's a big a, a big con on my work that i need to fix that's uh, uh on the seven pages that you gave us i didn't get i didn't get that i thought it was uh... oh good I mean, I, I was I was curious because there is something different to it and it's not like good or bad. I just noticed that like the different style, but it all did feel very deliberate. And again, that's just something that you can't you can't quantify. It's kind of like intent with work. It's just something mm -hmm. that you can feel and that sort of a lot of people can agree on. But I definitely felt the intent there on a stylistic and um and I, I yeah, now looking at the artwork, it makes a lot of sense that it's vector artwork. It, it looks great. Um, Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, yeah, it's been just uh, a blast to draw. I mean, I can't. It's it's just been too much fun. I had a real thought. I lost my thought. And now I'm just babbling. So I'm back to you, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just going to, um, I guess I had one more question off of that was, um, do you do all your character designs in illustrator? Are you just sort of like, or do you do like, do you have like a sketchbook that you carry around to like keep your ideas there? No, I, uh, I am, uh, I, I'm really basically completely digital at this point. I work on a, a note phone, uh, like a note pen. And so I'll uh, sketch in there sometimes. And then just, you know, whether it's page layouts or character concepts or something like that. And then I'll just email them to myself. Sometimes I'll break out a pen and a paper or, you know, but it's, it's pretty rare these days. I, I really have made the convert the conversion to digital. It's just, I mean, I, I, you know, I know traditionalists sometimes will bag on it and I get that, but, uh, I, I'm really of the opinion that, you know, find a workflow that works for you. Um, I, I'm a graphic designer, man. Well, if you, if it was, if you took graphic designers and kind of, uh, compared them to a real, like a starving person, well, we will eat that chicken <laughs> down to the bone and suck out the marrow. We will get every single piece of, of great, you know, a use out of something. So I'm not scared to like repeat a graphic into a page if it makes sense for the page, you know what I mean? Like to do a repeated panel and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do live streams, but the, you know, and I don't ever try to show what I'm doing in the comics. I'll draw things out of context on a live stream and then insert them into the page where I actually want them to be. So yeah, I'll, I'll use everything and everything that I've, I've that I've drawn so far in order to uh, make the book look right. Um, yeah. So I would have two more questions about sort of like the, the creative journey before we, we go sure. into sort of more like Bigfoot nose karate talk. So when you mentioned sort of your creative career where it started off one way and, you know, then you decided to take it another way, which now gives you a focus in English creative writing with a minor in uh, studio arts. Do you feel that like where you are now, that was sort of like the best possible path to take because, you know, you're handling writing and art duties, um, where if you would have stuck, you know, in one way, you would have maybe, 
you know, had more of a focus on just one half of it, but now you sort of have like both halves sort of put together. Do you, so do you feel like that shift that you made and then you, you know, you, like you said, you had enough to sort of keep that minor. Do you, do you feel that that puts you in the best position to be um, sort of making these comics right now? I think it's worked out for the best. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I think that everything that's happened to me, whether it's through school or my career, I've tried to learn from it. You know, I mean, it, look, not having a graphic design degree did not stop me from getting a job in graphic design. Um, I, you know, beyond the comic stuff, um, <clears throat> I've worked for, I've, I've, I produced theater here in Austin for about 10 years. Okay. Uh, and I've written a, uh, I wrote a play that was called The New Originals. It was written entirely in movie quotes. It was, so it was movie quotes strung together to make a, to make a, uh, to, you know, to make a narrative. And it was, it was one of the funnest things I've ever done. I've gotten to produce theater all the way up to New York City, uh, you know, do, doing script edits and stuff like that on original works and for, for different people. So it's, I've, you know, and t today, currently, I work for a magazine. So I write in the magazine, not this issue, but generally, I write in the magazine and I write news, I write the newsletter twice a week. So um, I've had short stories published, I've written in a novella, you know, uh, so I'm comfortable as a writer. And the fact that I've, I make a living as a graphic designer, it's, uh, I just try and take everything that I got. And, and work it all together. And, you know, I've worked as, you know, we talked about, you know, the different hats, whether it's the writer or the artist. Also, I mean, it's creator on comics, so I'm the marketer as well. Sure. And um, I work as, you know, I work in, in a magazine, but we do, you know, we are, I work in the advertising and marketing side of the whole, of the whole thing. I, uh, so I work with social media people. I work with press release people, you know, PR people. I work with, um, with other designers, you know, videographers, you name it. So I'm really trying to take everything that I learned at work and, and bring it to the table here and come up with a, you know, product with a good hook, uh, you know, make a Kickstarter that's interesting, that has a, a tier that nobody's ever even conceived before. We can talk about that in a second, because um, sure. I got a really rocking tier that I want to talk about. But it, you have to be the total package. And look, I'm no... I haven't got this whole thing figured out. My Kickstarter may bomb, but I'm really trying to bring everything that I can to the table and learn from everybody else around me. Like I said, the Instagram community has been incredible. So I've had my eyes open and watching everybody else in the, over there. What's working, what isn't. I watched a guy, I watched a guy fund in seven minutes last night. So, I mean, I'm paying attention to these people really well and trying to pick up everything I can from it. So to answer your question, Yes, I think that the moves that I made early on, switching the major, whether for whatever reason it was, it did work out in my, it, it did work out in my, uh, in my favor. Interesting. So actually you opened me up to, to a, a third question there in, in that yeah. answer. But so before I get to that, like when you discussed drawing with your, with your finger, so now like when you pick up a pencil to just sort of you know pencil and papers in front of you and you pick it up to sketch does that just really feel like 
completely foreign or are you able to sort of go back to like hey I was a kid one time bored in school and I used to like sketch in my notebook like what is it like for you to have this sort of work technique that that you use but also you know if, if the opportunity presents itself that you're gonna have a pencil and paper does that just like feel strange to you right now no because like I mean you know I've I've, I've look I'm a pretty paperless individual but I always keep one notebook around for uh for my notes and then i keep a a notebook around for work i work from home Mm -hmm. um so i keep a notebook and that notebook for work now it's got dudes running around shooting guns at each other and people flying in and out on the notes Mm -hmm. and you know so i'm doodling with a ballpoint pen throughout the day usually while i'm on the phone with a client or something like that just just goofing off having fun making little tic-tac-toes you know that you know little tic-tac-toe games against myself or whatever but i do doodle still and if i draw something that i like a, a, you know just a loose gesture drawing that i like i will take a photograph of it and send it to myself and i'll draw it up and illustrate it the way i want it um so i'm not averse to it i, I it's that's like riding a bike um yeah you know i mean that really is i don't think i'm I don't think, you know, I mean, look, you go to a restaurant, you get a macaroni grill or something like that. I mean, I haven't been to one of those in years, but I got the paper on the table and you can draw with the crayons. I remember drawing a latex Avenger in the macaroni grill one time and the manager kept it. I thought that was really, really fun. So. Interesting. So again, I'm going to, I, you actually, well, you opened me up to sort of an antidote uh, for myself. I, I work for I work for the federal government. And one day I I took three pages of like meeting notes and my boss was like, "Um, do you have those meeting notes? And I'm like, yes, I have those. But I just want to warn you that there's a ton of pictures of Spider-Man and Batman in the margins. And she's like, (laughs) she's like that. That's perfectly fine. As long as I can get the uh, the gist of what we discussed for the last three days, it's uh, it's it's going to work out. So absolutely. uh, Yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned like that you had to, you know, you you have this marketing um, sort of angle and background. I thought one thing that was interesting with this was, and this is the first time I've encountered this, is that, you know, people who are running a Kickstarter, I usually get like a DM or a message going, hey, you know, my name is so-and-so, my Kickstarter is getting ready to run. I got contacted by uh, Jeffrey Haas, who was like, hey, yes. I'm, I'm running these two Kickstarters. You know, this one is, is launching first. This one is launching second. Can I have team one come on and team two come on uh, after that? So, like, can you talk to me a little bit about the, the sort of that relationship and, and how that all got set up? Because that was a first for, for us here. Sure. So, um, look, um, so Jeff... Uh, came to us through Casey. Casey uh, works on a, a podcast as well as Jeff. They both work on a podcast called Spoiler Country. And uh, Casey is an interviewer. Jeff does some interviews and also is like the booking agent. Um, I have a, a friend, local friend here in uh, Austin who's a comic book creator. Uh, he's been at it for 20 years. And we, we were getting into a conversation. He's like, look, you know, it looks like you're getting some steam on Bigfoot Nose Karate. And I said, yeah, you know, people seem to be digging it. Like, have you thought about getting uh, a publicist? And I was like, I really hadn't given that much consideration, but I did. I did some research, talked with a, different, a few different publicists, and Jeff is uh, really just trying to get his uh, his publicity game off the ground. And so we 
struck up a deal and uh he is running pr for us through from now through november we're going to be working with him and it's been great because look i've got a i've got a job that takes me 55 plus hours a week i've got a wife two kids a mortgage two car notes you know everything else that's going on plus i'm trying to write and draw you know co-write and draw this book um something's got to give and i don't want it to be the actual kickstarter in the end of the day so um you can't do everything so if you can't do everything you get an expert to handle it for you um i'm really big into working with people who know what they're doing i don't i mean look i mean i've worked with i've i've even done creative direction work for a pr firm but it does not mean that i would be the right person to go out and do my own do my own pr um so getting Jeff involved has been really instrumental. He, we've, we've, we've got like, I think we've already done uh, 15, 20 podcasts already. We'll probably do another 15, 20 more before the Kickstarter's over. Um, so, you know, get the word out by any means necessary. I, I've, I've picked the brain of many social media people across the, across the way. I mean, you bring in the people that you bring in the experts and, uh, you know, to make sure you get the job done right. You know, I don't know if y'all saw the video, uh, the video trailer that I uh, had sent over. Um, but I mean, you know, I worked with my, my brother on that. My brother is a an amazing 3D animator, a 3D uh, artist and does video editing and that sort of thing. So uh, again, it's probably something I could have worked out on my own, but I don't have the time with everything else that's going on. So bringing the right people. Nice. So uh, I'm going to check in with Noah here because I've asked a lot of questions of late. Um, but like what I'd like to do after Noah's question is, is to delve more into to this project, Bigfoot Knows Karate. But uh, I'm going to turn things over to Noah for a second. Yeah, I guess I just wanted to know because I'm I'm kind of a disorganized person and I'm trying to be more organized in, you know, keeping things separate like you know i have the day job and other responsibilities and things like that so it i find that it's hard for me to sometimes get the energy up to create at the end of the day um i'm gonna steal a phrase of matt's but like this isn't really like you know like i i have to say that like what we do as creator as comics creators isn't like really mm -hmm. a hobby and it's not really a job so matt calls it a jobby but i'm just sort of wondering mm -hmm. like how do you how do you keep your motivation going to create comics like especially after like a long work day and, and things like that so i start my day about 4 30 in the morning um i'll get up about yeah anywhere from 4 to 4 30 and you know hit a quick shower and then i'll grab my laptop i'll go sit outside and i start drawing i, I don't start work until nine officially usually i'll start about eight o'clock but depending on what I've got going on that morning, I'll draw for about two, three hours, you know, and get some, get some work done. Um, once I've done that, that's pretty inspiring to get me through the rest of the day. You know, I work all day in a creative role anyway, so like I can't turn it off, otherwise I don't eat. So, um, so, you know, I work in a creative field all day long, but I'm, look, I'm not going to lie. My mind's on the comic book, you know, probably about six out of eight hours of the day while I'm still working on my job. I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, wow, this, I can do this in this panel and I can fix this over here. And, you know, I mean, look, you, you know how it is. You work on a comic, you get kind of, get kind of blinders into the project and really stick into it for a while. So, and get, you know, stuck. Uh, so 
by the time that's done, I usually am done with work by, you know, four, four thirty in the afternoon. My family doesn't come home until about five thirty, six thirty, depending on the different members of the family. So that usually, you know, I can get dinner thawed or, you know, and get that ready to go or so and, you know, it gives me about another hour to draw. And after that, when everybody's, you know, getting ready for bed. I'll probably do another hour or two if I've got the time to do it and I got the wherewithal because I was up at 4.30 in the morning. But, you know, be asleep by 11, start all over again. And on the weekends, it really doesn't change. You know, there's family things and stuff you have to do on the weekends. So 4.30 in the morning, I'm up. Sometimes I'll even live stream on Instagram that early in the morning and get a few people in there. We'll, we'll bullshit and have a good time in the process. But that's eye on the prize, man. You know, I mean, keep your, you know, your work ethic is everything. I mean, it really is. I mean, I've seen so many, there's a, there was a guy, uh, I won't give you his whole name, but his name was, his name was Zach. We bartended together back in the day and he was so unbelievably talented. I mean, just such an incredible artist and, um, but he had no motivation whatsoever. I was an okay artist, but I was motivated. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't know what he's doing today. I hope he's doing something great because mm -hmm. he was so talented, but you got to be motivated. You got to be motivated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you said there is, is, is really sort of uh, inspiring. And there's a, a thing that I've brought up a lot on the podcast is um, I've taken a lot of classes um, in comics experience with Andy Schmidt, who was an editor at Marvel for a while. And his thing is that like um, to, to break into comics, you need three things. You need to be, um, you need to have talent, you need to be persistent and you need to have luck. And like, really, I feel like the only thing that you have the most, you know, control over is that persistent part. Like, you know, you could be born with the, like the ability to, 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 you know, sketch, but it's like that 10,000 hours that you put in is going to, to improve that. And sort of that luck is the right, right place, right time, but being persistent and, and, and working is the thing that you can control the most. So like what you were saying there about like being up at four 30, you know, sketching early, um, getting some work in before sort of like the rest of the world, you know, rises and starts their day. You're sort of, you know, you're, you're persistent and you sort of have a head start on everything. So that was really inspiring. Yeah, you know, I agree. I think here's the thing, you know, luck is nothing more than, uh, than, uh, you know, than, um, than, you know, basically hard work and preparation. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, you know, what do, what do they say? It's uh, talent, talent, where talent meets preparation. That's where, that's what luck really is. Um, you know, that the rest of it's right place, right time, you know, but like you, if you have, if you have your shit together and the right moment comes, you pounce, you know what yeah. I mean? You pounce on it and you, 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 you know, I mean, look, maybe you make the right decision, make, maybe you make the wrong decision, but at least you're in a position to make a decision. You know, I say that to my kids a lot, you know, look, if you graduate high school, that's awesome. But if you go to college, then you have options, you graduate from college then you have options. Otherwise, you know, you're scraping mashed potatoes at the C at the, at the KFC, you know what I mean? And, um, and that usually scares them. And, uh, 
you know, they study a little harder for a couple of weeks, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you just have options and look for anybody who works at KFC rock on because that's probably a tough job. And I give you a lot of credit for it, but you know what I'm saying? Like option, if you do the work, you get options. And that's so important to me that because if you don't have anything to choose from, then you're just kind of stuck in a rut. Yeah, that's, I, I would agree with you there as, as well. Um, so let's, let's go back into, to Bigfoot Nose Karate. Yeah. Um, you said something really interesting, uh, early on that like most of issue one is going to be, uh, most of the stuff that you were, were part of, but then like, as we go forward, there's going to be more stuff that's, um, you know, Casey has a hand in. Um, mm -hmm. so I would be interested to know like how the scripts change, because if you went for things that you're writing yourself, I would feel like you could be a little bit more sort of sparse with the description and, and like the panel, you know, descriptions, dialogue, and mm -hmm. like, you can, you can work a lot of that stuff out, you know, as you're, as you're sketching. So how do things change um, having Casey involved and then how do you guys sort of trade off responsibilities if you want to talk to that for a little bit sure so it's the oddest uh, writing experience I've ever had and I mean that in the best way possible so I basically you know I had you know these are the acts that need to take place you know we have the opening section where you're seeing this uh, this uh, you know, this uh, role reversal constantly about, you know, the hunter and the prey. And then we'll go into act two, act three is the, you know, the big fight scene. And then act four is the big, you know, the big twist and reveal type situation at the end. And um, these are the four acts that I knew I had. I can't, like I said, I came through with, you know, pretty good idea of where I was going with this. And then I had, you know, two th through five kind of arced out these are the hot points that we need to hit in those pay in those specific issues but that that's all i really had you know for that so with casey and i we've we we banter back and forth really well um neither one of us are so precious with our words that we're not willing to concede when somebody has a better idea um there are you know there there have been a couple of hills that i was willing to die on during this situation no it's got to be like this but you know, that's been really far, few and far between. Um, if some, one of us is really adamant about it, generally the other one's pretty cool to acquiesce because um, I trust Casey. I trust Casey. I trust his instincts. Um, you know, with dialogue, it's like, I don't know what, I don't really know which words are mine or which words are his on the pages at this point. Um, you know, I mean, I know that like the first section is pretty much a lot of my words. And then you start to get into like in the fight scene and that sort of stuff, you know, then it starts to merge more into Casey's stuff. We've had a lot of fun, like coming up with the characterization of the characters. Like I always had a firm idea of where Bigfoot was, but Kung Fu Thulu was something different. You know, this, this sea creature that's got to breathe out of water and, you know, does he have an affectation, you know, you know, some sort of noise or something like that. We probably went about an hour and a half talking about <laughs> how we should breathe. Uh, you know, I don't know. Does he have gills or what? What kind of motivates him? Uh, and his, but you know, we we kind of went down with the you know the S sound of you know as, as he was talking, and really the character is 
kind of a cross between the Macho Man Randy Savage uh, meets uh, a Max Cady from uh, Cape Fear by Rob- with Robert De Niro playing the role, not the original, uh, but Robert De Niro's Cape Fear uh, character. Plus, if you ever saw a movie back in the day called The Warriors, there was a leader in one of the gangs who screamed, can you dig it? I don't know if you remember the movie, but uh, between those three characters were pretty much uh, where Kung Fu Thulu's uh, over-the-top abrasive char- uh, character personality uh, will come from. That so is... We... No, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I wanted you to be able no, to No, you're good. That. You're good. Yeah, please go ahead. No, I was just gonna laugh. Uh, not laugh, but just say like that's 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 pretty amazing. Like the the way you described it, and then you're like, we're just gonna take these little elements and we're gonna sort of almost like sprinkle them together, and then that's gonna be what we have. Yeah. Um. So like, my next question would be is like, um. So I've had this experience with with Noah on something that we co-wrote, but like, is there ever a point where you're like, you know, I have this, you know, this concept, this thought this idea but i just quite can't break it so like here's what it is and then sort of like you turn it over to casey you know maybe he gets a day or two to sort of mull it over and then he's like Mm -hmm. all right this is what we're gonna do or this is these are the three things that i think we might be able to do like is there has there been instances like that yeah so um there's something that there's a situation later in the book where I really can't talk about it because it gets kind of spoilerific, but there was a plot device situation where uh, we were having, a, we were having trouble. Uh, we were having trouble with a, with a scene and Casey's like, you know what? And I was, I think I may have been traveling for work or something like that because I traveled quite a bit for work. Um, and he said, look, when, by the time you get back to Austin, I'll have this sorted out, you know, and, you know, we text each other throughout the trip and, you know, he'll ask me a question here or there and, Lo and behold, when I got when I got home, he he had gotten the whole situation figured out, you know. And you know, look, like I said, it's a very different writing style. This whole thing's been far more fluid. You you know, I mean, when I write by myself, it's like I, for, especially for comedies, I just write out the dialogue and fill in the uh, fill in the panel descriptions later. I mean, the dialogue is going to drive that whole thing, so I might mm-hmm. as well just write that way and uh, figure out the beats from there. With this, I mean, huge art two different brains working on it the script he writes in red i write in blue so we can see who's doing what and then the 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 finalized stuff goes in black and then by the time i start to actually letter it i'm still changing it as i'm lettering you know i'm still jacking with it and then send it back to him he's like oh what'd you do that for i'm like hey what are you doing what are you why are you questioning that? That's amazing. You know, so we uh we have our banter and our our way of working through it. But you know and then he'll take the pdfs and rewrite over the top of mine again and you know what i'm saying and it's been but we 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 come to a resolution that works for both of us because we're looking at the story from two different angles you know um you know we're having to look at it from the long term and we're having to look for look at it for the beats of the issue and and you know and trying to keep the continuity together uh trying to keep the little plot bits that we're going to need for an issue one that need to be used again in issue four um you know we play a lot with symbolism in the story you know there's a lot there's a it's just a lot more than your usual superhero fare you know so there's a lot of nifty weird things happening at the same time um does that even remotely answer your question no, it 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 does. Yeah, you you discuss sort of like the uh, 
you know, it started off, your answer was like, hey, you know, there was this, this point where like, there was something that it was kind of stuck on. And then like Casey's mm-hmm. like, Hey man, just give me, just give me a couple of days. I'm going to break that yeah. story point. And you were, like you said, you were on the road, you came back and it was, it was broken for you. Yeah. Um, he's, he's great. It is. He, he's, it's like, uh, you know, look, you've got a Rubik's cube, right? And one of you gets stuck on it. The other one finishes out the cube. It's kind of like one of those situations like, Oh, I can beat that level for you in the game. Uh, you know, you always had that buddy where I couldn't, I can't play video games to save my life. My buddy's always like, here, I can fix that for you. Finish it up real good. You just, you just hand the controller over and, and You're let damn him. damn right, dude. Yeah, just useless <laughs> video games. So, I'm useless. Awesome. So, um, you know, I have a couple more questions, but I feel like, uh, you know, again, I was monopolizing the, the conversations. I'm going to check in with Noah to see if he has any sort of conversation or, you know, questions about this sort of like story point, you know, putting things together, sort of part of the process. I guess, yeah, I had a question about sort of the philosophical aspect of the narration, um, like the inner mm-hmm. monologue that, sure. that Bigfoot has. Like there's some like surprisingly... Uh, like, you know, philosophical, like existential thoughts happening in a book about Bigfoot fighting Cthulhu. So I just mm-hmm. sort of wanted to know, like, what, why did you guys take that approach? Like, why was it like, you know, why, like, why, why did you guys decide to go that, that route? Um, okay. Yeah, way? no, that's, so the one thing, whether when it was a comedy or now, the one thing that is really, really important to me with the story was, um bigfoot's all alone you know he's he is isolated he is if you were the only one of your kind and nobody has ever seen you you've had no interactions with anyone you've no 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 strings to anything you are you basically don't exist in the world what kind of person what kind of being would that person would would that being be um and so this Bigfoot is, he's, he's, he's alone. Uh, he's isolated. He's, he's focused. He's, his mind is almost razor sharp. While he doesn't talk, he has high, he's very high functioning. And um, he has uh, just a, a really, a really strong warrior mind. But if you see in the, he's also, if you see in the preview, he's also, um, that connection he wants that connection and if you see there's that scene with the bunny rabbit um that where he connects with the rabbit right before the hunters are um approach and i watched a lot of documentaries when i started doing this project you know about bigfoot and trying to get a better idea of the because i don't know anything about bigfoot walking in into the door with this thing um one thing that I, the only thing that I noticed that they all had in common was nobody's actually seen a Bigfoot. And with nobody's ever seen a Bigfoot, then why should that be any different in my world? So uh, Bigfoot, in that regard, he is almost invisible to to the layperson until he's, you know, until he wants to be seen. You're not going to see him. So there's a scene where he's touching this rabbit, he's petting this rabbit, and he gets shot right in the arm and they weren't and the and the hunters they're not actually hunting bigfoot they're hunting the rabbit and uh in the next page you see him almost phase in uh behind them 
Like they never had a clue. They never saw him coming. Um, and that kind of is, that's kind of the, uh, you know, a major thing. Now there will be characters that will be able to see Bigfoot, but um, they're, they have to be touched almost, you know, not physically touched, but like, you know, have that, 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 that little bit of a uh, sight or gift, that sort of thing that will, that will come up later on in the story. But for the most part, people like you and me, we would never see him. He'd be a blur. And so that, that, uh, that introspective, the philosophical, that all derives from that. And, um, you know, y'all only saw seven, eight pages of the story right now. Um, that will come in far more throughout the story, the, in the second act and, and moving forward, there'll, there'll be more of that philosophical, introspective um, narration that'll be going on throughout the story for sure. I like That's... how earnest the approach is to this story. Like, I, I don't know, like whether you, whether you find it to, to whether you take the uh, narration seriously or you take it in sort of a, like, this is sort of funny how, you know, you're, you're, you're marrying the sort of fantastical world with these deep thoughts. It's all fun. That, that, that's what I like mm -hmm. about it. It's just, it's all, it's just a lot of fun. It's kind of like a smorgasbord of, uh, of just all the, all the kind of the shit that I'm into, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm not really a Bigfoot guy or a cryptid guy. And I mean, I did Kung Fu movies and stuff like that and that genre, but like, it, it's more than that. You know, I mean, I remember uh, I've got a book up on my bookshelf. It was a, just a book of notes by Jack Kerouac all about Buddhism, you know, and that, and just that introspective, uh, that introspective mindset, you know, and just those types of things. And I'm not really taking that here. I've been doing a lot of research on, you know, like uh, warrior philosophy and that sort of thing, uh, you know, going into writing this stuff. So I'm taking a lot of bits of here and there, but yeah, you can go from, you know, this is the kind of story where you can go from, um, you can go from, uh, you know, this, you know, giving a uh, philosophical statement about you know the blade of a, you know the blade of a sword to a cthulhu who's screaming listen up big boy prepare to cower to the titan of power for tonight you shall feel the fury of kung fu thulu there's a, <laughs> you know there's a little of something for everybody in this <laughs> you know i mean i wouldn't say that i'd take the whole family to go see the movie but um because it's a it's it's a bit violent it's actually very over the top violent there's it's a it's a bloodbath damn it um but it is it is there's that's one of the things too um this is a little off subject but that's one of the things too about the character you know damage counts and uh our our, our bigfoot's going to get a little ravaged throughout the uh throughout the arc for sure he's not going to be the same bigfoot he starts off with you know by the time we get to issue five very cool so um as we sort of bring this all to an end i have a question about workflow um, sure. With you handling, you know, co-writing and art chores and, and lettering, what is the workflow like? Do you do you send stuff to Casey at, you know, various um, points of production like thumbnails, pencils, inks, colors, um, and just sort of be like, this is where I this is where I am on this this page. And actually that might've changed as, you know, sort of the relationship grew that like early on, maybe it was thumbnails, but as you guys have sort of built this sort of creative relationship, it's gotten where you can just sort of move it to like, you know, like a, almost like an ink page to be like, Hey, is this what you're envisioning here? Like mm -hmm. what's that workflow like? 
So um, I work from the script. I don't um, I don't do thumbnails. I just lay out based on the page breakdown uh, or the panel breakdowns. Um, so uh, Casey gives me a lot of freedom. Um, I, I you know I try and stick to the script as you know best I can. Sometimes I'll make a change to something here or there, but. Um, but I check in with him first on a lot of that stuff. Well, most of the, most of the time. But I mean, we uh, I'll send him I'll I'll send him you know panel at a time sometimes, or I'll send him the whole page at a time sometimes. Just depends on what we're doing and kind of the challenges of the page. Mm -hmm. But I I color a I, I draw a panel, I color a panel. I draw a panel, I color a panel. Uh, I letter a letter like you know five six pages at a time you know when I have spare time, uh, but you know it's just I do all the artwork in one shot in terms of like each page is gonna get you know each panel gets colored as I'm going I don't like draw out the whole thing and then come back and color everything. Um, and that's just really more because of the workflow in illustrator. You're not always drawing with lines. Sometimes you're drawing with shapes. Okay. And so, you know, having a, um, having, a, 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 a solid shape, a white shape that you've got to then color another layer over the top of it to make it work. I know that that was kind of a lot of blah, 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 but, you know, drawing in shapes sometimes means that you have to color as you're going rather than, uh, trying to pencil underneath or color underneath it because like if i have two characters in the in a panel and they're laying over the top of each other there's a damn good chance i drew both characters in full and then just laid them over the top of each other instead of having that missing part where their legs cross or something like that so okay. if i need to move them around on the page i can have i have the ability to do that so um your your it's, it's shape rather than line sometimes dominates the workflow does that make sense it does it does um very interesting so noah as a as an artist hearing the that sort of workflow do you have any questions because i know that you work sort of beginning to end it's it's thumbnails it's pencils it's inks and if we're using a colorist turning it over to a colorist and then you're lettering it so do you do you have any questions as sort of like um hearing that sort of workflow like how you know just sort of hearing the differences like does that bring up anything for you yeah i guess i'm just curious about what the script looks like how detailed is it that you can go <laughs> from like no thumbnails you know that kind of stuff because like i'm i'm working with like a writer right now who is descriptive but doesn't know necessarily what can fit on a comic page right so, so i know like i and he's totally cool with me changing things around so, you know, I can, I can, I, I basically on, because I got the all clear from him, I sort of throw out, I know what's going to be on the, I know what needs to happen on the page. I don't know what's going to look like. So that's why I have to go through this like huge, you know, like thumbnailing process to figure it out. Sure. I'm just curious, what, what is your script look like? Is it, is it pretty detailed and like camera angles <laughs> and character placement? Not really character angles and that sort of thing. The replacement, um, it, Casey leaves that to me a lot of the time to, unless he's got something really, you know, very, something very specific up his sleeve. But I'm I'm pulling up our script real quick. The I mean our script right now, just to kind of give you an idea, is like fifty two pages long or something like that. Uh, just because it's filled with notes. Yeah, fifty two pages right now for a thirty page story. So. 
there's like it's it's funny because when as i'm swinging through it the first five or six pages aren't even the story it's just notes and ideas and just you know just like little snippets of thoughts and you know his inner inner monologue and that sort of thing but our script i mean every time i finish a page i drop the page into the script so we can see him all in one flow um but like there's he puts gifts in the script you know like <laughs> of like there was a um a uh, Salvador Dali movie where somebody gets their eye cut and there's something like that in the comic. And so there's just this gif of this woman's eye getting slashed over yeah. and over and over. I had to delete it out of the script. I couldn't, I couldn't stomach it anymore. But like, you know, he'll put in, like if he has an idea, he'll take a screen capture from like a movie or something and drop it in there and like, think about it like this, you know, and so he'll give me creative direction that way, which I really like besides the panel descriptions and stuff, because like he'll give me, um, it, he has an, a vision of how he sees it. He knows that I, I, I love movies and I see things very cinematically. So I, you know, he'll put it in that, in that uh, scenario for me, which usually will spark some sort of creative, you know, okay, well, how about we twist this this way? And then we got something you know fascinating that's great it's it's a like i said it's a very very different workflow like i said i write in blue he writes in red we have our sections where we're where it's in black that we agree on all this stuff and then you know in the lettering process we you know i'll marry these two thoughts together to get the right dialogue or whatever and then he'll come back and go what are you doing <laughs> so it works out pretty good it works out pretty good yeah i mean one of the things that we we bring up from time to time on this podcast is that like there is no you know i guess in like hollywood there is like what people consider the right way to to write your screenplay but in comics there's no official right way to to write your your script um you know i've often heard of it as referred to as like this is a letter from a writer to an artist to sort of convey the point and as long as they convey the point of what they want it's successful and like you have a different role here in that like you're handling so many aspects of it but like um it's just really interesting to hear how people handle things and it seems like with the internet and the abundance of like google images and just sort of mm -hmm. like finding stuff for reference that you can just, you know, grab something and, and throw it in there and be like, I'm really thinking about this movie here. Or I'm really thinking about like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm working on something where like, we have like a lot of like eighties technology. So like we need a fax machine and I'm like eighties fax machine. And then I'm just like, let's just try to make it look like this. Like it shouldn't look like sleek and like, you know, like an iPhone, it should be clunky and, you know, have a lot of buttons on it. So like, I feel like it's just really great that like one that we have access to all of this stuff. And as long as you find that way to sort of convey what you want to do um that's sort of the magic of comics is like you you can go about it any number of ways but eventually you know from that script it's going to turn into these six to seven um panels on a page that are fully colored lettered and 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 get that that point across so like 
that was pretty awesome to hear you say that like you have this like color scheme it's like this is me this is you we work this through and this is the agreement like that that that's mm-hmm. pretty cool to hear well you know it's like you look i don't care if you're spielberg or ron howard or fellini or goddard i mean they're all filmmakers they're all gonna do but they're, they're all gonna make a movie right mm-hmm. and that's the beauty and they're gonna be very different movies but uh yeah that's the beauty of indie comics is that they're all going to be comic books let alone you know whether it's you know they're the marvel way or they're you know completely off the hook like you know i used to read a comic book back in the day called mr x it was you know one of the you know as a you know skater boy punk rock kid it was one of those comics that made you feel a little bit cooler for reading it um you know um it's a it's a it's all comics, but like, we're all going to get there in different ways. And I, I, you gotta, you just gotta respect the art form, you know, and, and, and put your all into it. But, um, you know, this, this is just the, the organic way that Casey and I have come up with how to do it. Um, the way Bon and I worked together was completely different. Uh, I think that, I think that the, you know, I always say that my art style is very, is very dependent on what the subject matter is. But I think that the the writing, you know, the the collaborative style is really based on who the people are doing the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. I, I I'm going to check in with Noah here one more time because I feel like uh, we've taken up a lot of your time, and also you got to wake up at four thirty tomorrow to uh, to oh, sketch I'm out some good. more. You're good. I, I can't go to sleep yet. <laughs> yeah, I can't go to sleep yet. My kid doesn't come home. To, uh, doesn't get uh, back to the high school tonight until eleven o'clock from a football game. So, oh, wow. I'm up for at least a couple more hours. I mean, I, we don't have to talk that long, but you're not bothering me. I'll put well, it like that. This is also also Texas Texas high school football's uh, serious business, right? Serious serious business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, I'm gonna check in with Noah, and then I'm gonna do my. Sure. Noah's probably going to know about my my standard uh, Kickstarter question that's going to come up after that, sure. but I'm going to check in with Noah. I'm I'm very curious about the standard Kickstarter question, so ask away, Matt. Sure. So, do you is this your first experience with with Kickstarter or any of your projects before? Okay. Now, well, so, I mean, I've done I've worked on some things that have been on like Kickstarter, Indiegogo, but this is my first one to run. Okay, so you might be able to relate to this a little bit. So when you were sort of part of a project, um, how did you handle sort of that, you know, that that funding period? Do you do you check in a lot, sort of refresh the page or are you able to step away, sort of maybe walk the dog, go to your son's high school game and then check in and be like, hey, you know what, we got x amount of followers the funding goal went up by y like um had do you have any experience with that which is going to help you with sort of the the chaos of um running a kickstarter yeah no not much i mean i would you know share the thing daily and i would go look at it a couple times a day just to see how we were doing but i was not you know i was you know just one person on a project it wasn't my project i was just doing my bit you know whether it was interiors or a cover or whatever and uh, so this is you know this this is fresh for me i've never really done it before so i'm really trying to uh like i said i'm looking at a lot of different creators uh who have run successful kickstarters and tried to 
uh, emulate those to some degree, and then in other cases, you know, make a hard left on stuff. Um, really, you know, really trying to keep it focused to the book. Uh, not a lot of extras um, we're doing, but uh, I'm doing two different editions of the comic. Uh, can I talk about this now? Is this the right section to talk about this? Yeah, um, when you when you. Yeah, when you started uh, to talk about that and earlier, you mentioned that you have this sort of like uh, uh, novel sort of yeah. here that you have. Like, I think this would be a good point to, to, to bring it up. Perfect. So I've got we're doing um, if you go to my uh, website, BigfootNoseKarate.com, there's a Kickstarter section on there. And you can see uh, the covers that we're doing for the book. So there's going to be uh, two editions of the book, basically a regular edition and a deluxe edition and both of those are going to have their own uh, two covers so i'm doing i'm doing the cover for the regular edition and then matthew skillern is doing the variant for the regular edition and then we have which is a, and the regular edition is a 30 page comic uh full color and uh, it's a 30 page story and then the deluxe edition was kind of really brought together by uh, on instagram who kind of inspired me to do this it's a 44 page book and it's going to be a 30 page story plus a 10 page art gallery a fan art gallery um, some secret sketches of some stuff that i've been working on for uh for the upcoming issues and then the really cool part is we're going to be doing a, a director's commentary uh for the book itself so how that's going to work is there's going to be a QR code in the deluxe edition. If you scan that, it's going to take you to a video, a private video that's going to be a roundtable discussion about Bigfoot Nose Karate Chapter One, Hunter Prey. Uh, it's going to have myself, Casey Allen, and a couple other folks who are going to, we're going to go through the book page by page. We're going to talk about the history of the character, where it all came from where we're, you know, what, the, you know, what's happening in this issue and frankly, where we're going. Uh, like I said, there's a meaty twist at the end of the book and I'm really excited to be able to talk about it. We haven't been able to talk about it throughout any of these podcasts or any of the social live streams or whatever I've worked on. I've just been really guarded, really cagey about it. And so this video will allow us to really get a chance to discuss it and give you a real idea of what what went into this project i've never seen this done before um really excited to execute it yeah that's that's a pretty cool idea like i know that like there's been sort of director's cuts of uh or commentaries um in the past and it's normally mm -hmm. like hey um you know you you back this kickstarter click this link and I'm going to take you, you know, to like an audio commentary, but like the fact mm -hmm. that you guys are sort of including that sort of smartphone technology of like scanning the, mm -hmm. the QR code and opening the video. That's, that's, that is a really cool and sort of different way to, to do that. So that, that's pretty awesome. Thank you so much. And then we're also, so we're, you know, we'll have the two, the two editions, two covers for each edition. And then uh, there will be a couple of add-ons. Um, there's going to be a T-shirt, uh, a, Kick a Kickstarter limited T-shirt uh, with artwork by Josh Flower. Um, the the artwork on the covers, uh, the Matthew Skillern cover, and I met him a few months back, and I just thought he was incredible, and I had to get him as the variant cover. 
the second, I mean, there was only supposed to be the two variant, the two regular editions and then the deluxe edition, but a gentleman by the name of Adam Caswell sent me a, a piece of artwork. When I say sent it, I don't mean just emailed it. I mean, it literally mailed me <laughs> one of the most beautiful pieces of artwork I've ever seen of Bigfoot Nose Karate and Kung Fu Thulu that I loved it so much. I said to him, I'm going to buy this from you and I'm going to use it as the cover for the book, uh, for the a variant for the deluxe edition. And I mean, I couldn't not. He was like, oh, just do it for free. You're a very nice person, but I'm a, I'm a damned adult. And I pay people for the work that they do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, we're, be, gone is the time in my life where I, I accept freebies. You know what I mean? Like, you've got to get paid for what you do. And I want to make sure that these guys are all getting compensated. Um, you know, the fan artists, if I could figure out a way to do that, I would. Um, I'm thinking about for when issue two comes out because of all the fan art we received, I'm thinking about doing a Bigfoot Nose Karate art book to go along as one of the tiers and then the money made from that, like you know, all the profits made from that go to the Heroes Initiative or something like that because it's kind of hard to pay, you know, 30, 40 artists uh, each for uh, for a fan art piece, you know, for a pinup piece but we could donate the money to charity and at least it'll be going to something worthwhile that we can all agree. We, we can all get behind. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's awesome on, on so many levels. So yeah. um, I have one question and then I'm going to check in with Noah again. So, sure. um, you know, this is planned for, for five issues. You're working very hard on it. Um, you know, you, next month you're, you're going to Kickstarter. Do you sort of have, like a release schedule in mind like if i can pump out one of these books every six months every eight months like if everything is going as well as possible like have you sort of thought about that well yeah and i mean you know look i, I i'm not going i mean I'm, i've got four pages left to do on this issue right before i go to kickstarter there's a very good chance i'll be completely done by the time we uh by the time we finish um but or by the time we start, I mean, and um, I better because I got to get this, uh, get that video out and all the other things that happen during the Kickstarter process. So um, the uh, so to your question, what the hell was your question? I completely lost my train of thought. If so things sorry. are go if things are going really well, oh, yeah. like Thank how you. many yeah. how like do you have sort of yeah. like a time frame, like every six months, every eight months, you yeah, might be able I'm to produce. I'd love to be able to say faster than annually, but I think that's kind of going to be where I'm at every nine months, you know, nine months at the fastest. Um, that's if I'm drawing it myself. Now, if the Kickstarter and anybody listening, uh, help us out here, kids, because we would, really would appreciate it. Any, If the Kickstarter is uh, successful enough, I will take the proceeds that I make from this Kickstarter and invest in a second artist. Okay. okay. Uh, so I've got a gentleman that I've been talking to, uh, I think his work's absolutely phenomenal and I would definitely be open to having somebody draw book two while I'm drawing book three. And so we can be knocking out the two story, the two issues at the same time. Um, so that way we can, we can knock these out. Maybe, maybe have them out every six months rather than every nine months, you know, and mm -hmm. get the, uh, get the different issues out a little faster. I'd love for it to be consistent with all one artist. I really would. But, you know, I don't want to be an old man by the time the fifth issue comes out either. So um, I'd like to be able to get this uh, story into people's hands 
a little faster than that before I turned 50 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> Very. I I actually do know what you mean a lot. I we're 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 nearly the the, the same age, so I I can uh, understand what you're saying there. Fair, fair. Cool. So um, Noah, um, final questions, final thoughts before we uh, sort of go to calls to action at the end and sort of give Dan a, uh, you know, another chance to sort of give us the uh, the pitch and let us know where to go to um, follow along. Um, no, no final questions. Just thanks, Dan. That was a really informative, uh, very inspiring discussion. Thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to do that. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Matt. I mean, this has been a really, uh, really fun conversation. Thanks for letting me just yammer on to the point where I forget what the hell I'm talking about half the time. So thank you for that, seriously, because I've enjoyed myself. For sure. You made our jobs easy. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You know, so, I, I hate listening to podcasts where you go, so tell us about the creative process. And they're like, uh, yeah, you know, and that's all you get. You know, I'm like, oh, fast forward to the next one. So I, I hope I'm giving you a lot to work with. That's for sure. Oh, well, and I hate podcasts where the, the host interrupts the person talking, you mm-hmm. know, so it's, uh, yeah, we, we like, we like hearing everyone's process. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. So, so Dan, let's do the, um, let's do the social media for you and Casey. And then again, um, this book is coming to Kickstarter October 13th of 2021. Um, You gave us an elevator pitch, but let's, uh, let's do that one last time as we, as we close out. So Bigfoot Knows Karate is a uh, Chapter one, Hunter Prey, is the story of a gentle cryptid warrior who is lives in a world where anyone can be the hunter and everyone can be the prey at any given time. Uh, I like to think of it as uh, Godzilla versus Kong meets Kill Bill uh, with a gnarly twist at the end. Uh, it is, it's action adventure, it's psychological thriller, it's, it's philosophical, it's humorous. It's everything kind of wrapped up into one with a nice bloody fight in the middle of it. And um, so that's kind of the rub on the book. Uh, finding myself and Casey, um, you know, so my uh, my Instagram and Twitter and Casey's Instagram and Twitter, we both have, you know, we'll make it easy for you. I'm Danomite139, D-A-N-O-M-Y-T-E-139 on both Instagram and Twitter. And Casey is robots, plural, robots eat guitar uh, on Instagram and Twitter as well. And um, we are, you can find us also, I think it's uh, Bigfoot BFKK uh, on Twitter. Um, and that's the Bigfoot Knows Karate page on Twitter. And then BigfootKnowsKarate.com is our home. That is our website. Um, you can find preview pages there. You can find fan art gallery. We find merch. Uh, I got a funny merch story. We've even already had people bootleg our merch and sell it on Amazon and Redbubble. We're a tea public house. And so I've already had my work lifted and uh, bootlegged and sold uh, people selling their products. My artwork right on it. It's pretty funny. Uh, but wow. at least they liked it enough to steal it. So I'll take it as a compliment. And um, so in fact, I've got paperwork going through Amazon right now as they're trying to get, I'm trying to get stickers and mugs taken off of there. So um, 
it, it ha it's happened a second time now. Um, but you can find everything on a bigfootnosekarate.com and a direct link to our Kickstarter. Please go to the Kickstarter pre-launch page. Um, we are at 43 followers right now. I'd love to get that number lifted up. Uh, but if you click on the on the notify button, it helps us out with the Kickstarter algorithm. Um, you know, the faster we can get, you know, get people signed up for it and the faster we can get people to uh, back it then there's a better chance of getting on the kickstarter homepage. you know the products projects we love type thing so really trying to just get the word out so i'm not you don't have to back it but share it with your friends tell your wives you know show it to your parents whatever uh hey mom dad i need bigfoot nose karate so <laughs> um, yeah but i can i just say thank you to everybody who's been who's touched this project who's touched this project in any way it's been an absolute dream working uh on this project uh with casey uh work you know getting the feedback from people on instagram um it's been it's been an absolute treat and i can't be more grateful to everybody who's uh who's done fan art or just rooted us on or just you know just a friendly dm you know it's it's been it's been fantastic no that that's that's really cool and that was like a i feel like a really great way to sort of you know put an end cap on the uh on the interview um so what we're going to do is we're going to put a you know a link to the uh to the website the pre-launch page um, and your social media in the show notes. So for anybody listening, you. Um, you know, we just want to make it as easy as possible for them, you know, call up the show notes, scroll down and, and click those links that, that the pre-launch is just really great that like, you know, you'll get a email in your inbox on the day of the launch to sort of remind you if you're, you know, you're out and about and you're going, you know, about your business that like, once you finally get a second to sit down and check your check your email, you'll 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 see that like, hey, that that Bigfoot Nose Karate book that I'm really interested in launched today, and I'm gonna go over there and and, and back it. So I I feel like that's really important. Thank you very much. I mean, guys, thank you very much for having me on. It's been a really good time, and uh, yeah, definitely hit the notify button. Get that on that pre-launch page. Let's do it. Let's go make some Bigfoot goes knows karate or let's go watch Bigfoot do karate or, you know, forget what you know. It's Bigfoot. Woo. So it's going to be fun. Cool. So. Cool. So I'd like to uh, thank everybody for listening. If you want to follow the podcast, um, our social media is um, Twitter is at Construct Compod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Um, if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we really, really would appreciate it. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Please uh, be safe, be nice, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>